This is Create the Next from Pro CFO Partners, where every week we explore strategies and ideas for financial management and growth to help today's businesses put their financial picture in context. Welcome back to Create the Next. I'm Chris Bentliff, and I have with me today my friend Nelson Tepfer, CEO of Pro CFO Partners. And Nelson, we're winding into the end of 2022. Our listeners will be hearing this sometime before Thanksgiving. There's a lot going on. There's a lot uh, of inflationary concerns. There's a lot of uh, recession talk. There's a lot going on. But aside from those major events, there's just the stuff of growing our business and uh, keeping focused on the things we can control and the things we can manage. Let's talk a little bit about some guidance or advice or insights you have on what should I be doing right now in November to get ready for a, a, a rock star start to 2023? At least Q1 feels really solid, but maybe even moving into Q2, I feel strong. I've got a plan. I've got, I'm firing on all cylinders. What should I be doing right now to prepare for success in the, in the coming months? Thanks, Chris. Always enjoy our conversations. So really glad we got this one on our calendar to continue this to continue this topic, which is, I believe, to your point, very relevant this time of year. So yes, there's always a very, very long list we can go through of everything you should be doing right now. But I'm going to try and pare it down to just a few key items, which are probably pretty crucial to kick off the year successfully. And we'll we'll probably get even clearer. And it's basically it's the goals and strategy of what you're focusing on. That's probably where most of this conversation starts, and we'll circle back to an end. And when we're thinking about the goals, you know, just probably the best place to start. Yes, there are annual goals, but as you and I have discussed in the past, there's the process of separating a goal from a measurable target, mm. which becomes really key because the goal. What you're working towards, that becomes action items that you can take. That becomes quarterly objectives that you can then take and make actually practical so you can actually achieve them. Which, as we're looking to plan for 2023, that becomes really key to setting yourself up for success. So help me understand the difference between goals and measurable objectives, measurable targets, because in my experience, there's a lot of us that don't know the difference or think we know the difference and aren't executing on that, or we're focusing on one thinking that it will inevitably uh, sort of lead to the other. So just walk me through my how I should be understanding or defining this in my organization. Sure. And the difference can be nuanced depending on the company. It's not always about as clear cut as, oh, this is this versus this. What we want to avoid doing is setting a goal as a revenue target. Now, that's probably the most common misconception we run into. Why Next year, we want to do this amount in sales. What's the problem with that? Why can't I do that? The problem with it is when you're trying to make that, when you're trying to develop the actual action plans and the execution of delivering that, we get a little bit lost because that, that is no longer directional and doesn't provide you the focus and clarity to take action on. As opposed to, if we say instead of what we want this number in sales is we want to grow these channels or we want this channel to be a certain percentage of our total revenue. Then we have the clarity to say, okay, in order to grow this type of channel, we now need to take these action items. We need to hire the salesperson. We need to do this marketing. We need to do take these steps in order to actually achieve this. We need to invest in this part of the company so we can grow profit margins around this. We can do you know, that. That allows for the clarity for action. That allows for the clarity of actual activities you can actually set up and measure how well you are towards achieving those goals. I feel like this is just a critical thing for us to understand because we're so used to, in my experience anyway, I don't know how it is from where you sit when you're kind of delivering guidance to the folks that you're working with, but it is so easy to say, 
here's what we are closing the year with. Next year, we want to bump this up by X percent. We just we just naturally think in terms of sort of these concrete uh, lack of nuanced. And we do those aren't even based on any necessary reality. It's like 10 percent. Uh, why not? Uh, and then if we hit 7%, we failed. And if we hit 12%, we think we did great. But maybe we could have been 15 if we would have had these sort of strategic targets differently. Why Why is this so difficult for us to wrap our, our, our minds around? Because I feel like for you, you're bringing up something that is uh, specific, but in some ways conceptual. First, we have to say, who do we want to be or what do we want to achieve? And then we just reverse engineer that to here's what we need to do to make that happen. But where's the friction in that? So it is a natural tendency to actually just to, to approach it exactly what you described, 20% sales growth. And I was having a conversation with an entrepreneur recently where he said, you know, is that helpful to do this? You know, because when we, you know, we're just churning for the number, I think were the words that he used, we're just churning for the number, trying to get to that number, trying to get to that number. And people get happy and excited and depressed along the way, depending how, you know, what that looks like. And that was exactly what I pointed out to him. It's turning for the number. If that's the target you're setting, if that's the, let me rephrase that. If that's the goal you're setting is the number, then obviously hit, you know, if that's how you're measuring success or failure, it's important to have the metrics of, of the target there. But if that's not, if you cannot separate the goal from what that number is going to look like, then that churn is going to continue to eat up the people you're working with. And unfortunately, that's exactly what he was describing. It's like, oh, we went through two salespeople this year because we were trying to set these numbers, and this is what it looks like, and this is and this is what actually happened with them. And I said, okay, have you described what it is you're working towards when you set a 20% sales target? And he said, no. I said, okay, can you tell me? And he went through the exact thing, this exact type of exercise. This is what we're trying to build, and this is here. And I said, great. When next time you're bringing in people like this, or you want to, you're talking to your leadership team, have them go through this conversation with you. And I caught up with him actually the following quarter. And he said, that was great. We have this whole plan lined out. We're all set to go do this. We're ready to you know, have exactly how we're going to approach this. We know exactly what we're doing. Do you feel like it opens up new dynamics? So if, if we've got our goal of we want to you know, uh, penetrate the market in this way, or we want to amplify by X amount of channels or something, for me, that touches on uh, the culture of the organization. It touches on the quality of the people that you're hiring. Because when we've got a sales goal of X, we can just... Uh, I'll tell you what it boils down to. The two points that you just referenced, it's employee engagement. There you go. <laughs> uh, let's uh, I don't want to I don't want to think that I just nailed it for you. So tell me about <laughs> tell me about that employee engagement. I my mind spins when you say that. Because what you just referred to is does it talk about the culture, does it talk about the people you're building? Absolutely. It also goes to the communication you have with them and the clarity you can provide with them, what they're being a part of and why. Well, giving them giving your team something like that. Of course it leads to the execution part of it, but it allows for their buy-in into what's being built. And what their role is in helping you achieve that. It's a lot more interesting for an employee who's sitting there to hear us say, we want to break into these markets. And to do that, we're going to need everybody's help to do this. Or we, we've got a vision for that. Than it is to say, we want everybody to get behind us raising revenue by 8%. <laughs> that doesn't even mean anything to a lot of rank and file. Or, it doesn't. Uh, at least I've been in a lot of meetings where that number comes up and then at the water cooler, where did those numbers come from? <laughs> well, we'll never hit those numbers. We've never hit these numbers in the past. Like that's what happens with companies that just keep setting numbers. 
it, the numbers without context don't actually provide a, a meaningful way of doing so. But to this point, there's the, the execution and the buy-in from the team that's necessary. So is your guidance is, as we come back to, here's what you should be doing in November. What if so I, this goes back to annual planning. So that this topic that we've been discussing is about annual planning, all so right. how we approach planning for the year. That's one key element, I believe, which is very essential right now. The other one is, I mean, we have to address it for where we're sitting today is all the uncertainty that exists out there. How should you, how should that affect your planning? What should you do to prepare for something like that? And for many of our clients that we're talking to, it becomes, yes, you need to build your plan. This is how we're going to do this. And this is what this looks like. But you also need to build in those contingencies to say, if this isn't here, or if these certain things happen, this is the action items we're going to take. The problem becomes if we delay and well, wait, let's see what happens. Then you're already six months into this already happening and deteriorating around you before you actually come up with a plan of how you're going to address it. Sitting here today, we know there are uncertainties facing the economy over the coming whatever period of time we choose to lump around this. Let's just call it 2023 for the moment. I don't think anyone can tell you very clearly exactly where we're going to be at the end of 2023. Or if you do know somebody who will be able to tell you that, I'd love to meet that person. And, but since we don't know somebody like that, we have to look at it and say, how do we prepare for not knowing this? We know there's going to be challenges. I think anyone who says otherwise, you know, it's a question of how much we want to value that person's insider opinion as we look at this. It's not like the world is ending. I don't want to give off that, that kind of impression. But at the same time, it's we do recognize there are certain factors at play, which timing will certainly come up over the coming 12 months. So how do you prepare your company for this? What is the what are your action items to take over there? What are the levers you will push or pull? Should you be should you run into those challenges or should they materialize for your company? And it's coming up with that plan today instead of waiting for something like that to happen. Create the Next is brought to you by Pro CFO Partners, who believe every business deserves to work with an expert CFO to guide its success. Pro CFO Partners are expert financial officers networked across industries, verticals, specializations, and situations. Fulfilling the role of a part-time CFO with all-time commitment, Pro CFO Partners utilizes the innovative and exclusive FGC financial flywheel as a framework that creates momentum to drive your financial functions for sustainable success. Visit ProCFOPartners.com to explore how we can implement a systematic and scalable financial system to help you achieve your goal. ProCFOPartners.com There's a lot of headlines. Some of the, you know, admired and respected great big companies out there have said we're going to put, we're going to freeze hiring for now. Everybody sort of seems to be, uh, until we can really get a sense of the temperature, we're not going to make any moves. Do you have any advice? Should I be doing that? Should I be not hiring? And how do I reconcile my my vision or my goals? We want to do X, Y, and Z with, mm, but we're afraid to. Should I be afraid? Should I be operating from a station of fear? Or no? What's so it's not it's, it's not it's not operating from a position of fear so much as operating from from a position of preparedness. So yes, you need to go through that. You need to go through that planning. You need to be taking the action items that will help you achieve this. But you also need to know, okay, this is how we're going to measure if these things are impacting our company so we can take these other action items that we've already prepared. For instance, you know, there are certain budget items which companies look at as being, you know, ancillary, we'll call them, or helping along the way. So if those are the items you actually choose to look at it, okay, great. We're going to go about it this way. If this changes and this is the impact on our company, this is where we're going to cut. This is what we're going to stop spending money on. 
or again, not to draw be too dramatic about it, but this is definitely some conversations we've been a part of. If this continues in this direction, this is when we need to start letting some people go. It doesn't mean we, we change anything today. It's about putting in those triggers to say, okay, this is when we need to start looking at these action items so the company can continue to be successful, so we can continue to meet our goals, or, and again, not to be too dire, so the company can survive. So that's interesting. In context of that annual goal, um, how do I, we've talked before also around three to five-year goals, longer uh, sort of terms goals. So if I have kind of this annual goal, but we also have this idea that there's just unknowns and nobody freak out, but there's unknowns about 2023. And I may need to make this decision in order to, in the long term, get me here, but it could maybe stunt my 2023. Just how should I be thinking about, I don't know, the past this, this annual planning or should I not be, should I focus just on 2023 for now? And let's talk about this uh, a year from now uh, on what this all means for three to five years from now. So we like setting the overarching goals, you know, the bigger, bigger, the bigger picture items for further out. But at this point, we're talking about more specific action items for next year. So the action items for next year, you want the support where you want the company to be in three to five years, but there's a difference in tactical level versus just the overall setting of a goal for further out. So yes, we do. it's recognizing this is what we're trying to build for this bigger picture. And it's really important to establish those over a longer period of time because that helps you set a lot of the pieces you want to put in place for 2023. You need that kind of North Star to say, this is really where we're trying to go. But it's also recognizing that again, Companies will need to move or pivot or again, whatever terminology everyone keeps liking these days, we're going to, you know, pivot to do this or change to do this. It's not about pivoting or this, it's about, you know, having the pieces in place that you can move around the board that allow you to be continue to be successful. So, yes, you need a three to five year goals, or at least as a target or not target, at least as a guidance for what you're trying to build towards. But that allows you to make 2023 more specific and more tactical. That's going to help you achieve those. Uh, thank you. Excellent. So what are some characteristics that I as a leader should be uh, adopting or be mindful of or should be amplifying? And what are some characteristics of the team or the people around me that I'm going to need uh, to make these decisions, to to be wise about uh, the goals that I want to set and also the challenges that I might face? So we've seen this before, whether it was at the beginning of COVID or we've been through this in 2008 or previous crashes, high tide has a lot of rocks. Mm. So all those rocks that you kind of know still exist under there, but it's just hidden because you know it's all covered right now, they're going to come back again when the tide goes out. So exactly when the tide will go out, and again, I don't think anyone can specifically tell you, but it's knowing what those what those rocks are and how they're going to impact your company so you can start taking action on, my, action on them already. Whether that's letting go of the person you know hasn't really been a fit for your company for two years already, but it's been okay, hasn't hurt you so much, or whether it's getting rid of that department or changing which channel, which you know you like being part of this offering this, but you know it's been a struggle to continue to deliver it. But as long as it kind of works, you haven't adapted it. Now it's about focus. Okay, we need to cut that loose because if we continue to operate this when things go sour, the whole company is going to go down with it. So it's about that kind of clarity and perspective that we're looking for at this stage is to really think about, we know there are certain issues that are that have been bubbling. For many organizations, these types of things are not new, 
It's about recognizing we need to be taking care of them before they become a real issue if things go sour. And even if they don't go sour, if I'm thinking about kind of my year ahead and I want to do, you know, some of the goals that we talked about, do I have the people around me who won't just be along for the ride, but who will help us get there, who will be doing specific things and have specific skill sets to help us get there? Right? It is very true. And we have conversations like that on a pretty regular basis. And the first conversation with an entrepreneur and they're saying something along the lines of, well, I'm not sure about this person. If they're telling someone like us that in the first conversation or two, they're pretty sure about that person. They just have chosen not to take action on this already. That's Whether awesome. it's, again, for, for our conversations, very often it's a finance or accounting kind of person because they're speaking to someone like us who may be able to help and assist with some of these areas. But even other parts of the company, you know, when, they, when they're having those conversations or when you talk to the leadership team or individually and you ask them, OK, great, if we had to, you know, who, who are the people who are dragging this area down? They will have the person in mind. They will know it. It's a question of, well, it hasn't been that bad. We don't want to do it. It's OK for right now. You know, and those are the conversations which when we think about it, as we prepare for 2023, it becomes how do we decide that no that's not really okay anymore everyone on this team already agrees that this is the correct action to take we've just chosen not to do so and the answer is why and what are we waiting for interesting and the flip side of that is if you have identified this person who you know just isn't quite doing it then you also know why they're not quite doing it you know what you do need you know what skill sets you'd like to involve and maybe that's been a tough uh, lesson to learn but it is a valuable lesson to have learned and what I hear you say is you can't you can't continue to be uh, ambivalent and and uh, non-actionary on that. Don't side. wait for the time to go out. Nelson, because it, it will at some point. <laughs> um, and and uh, I love that analogy. We've, you, we, we've used it before. And also, um, yeah, I don't know, there's when the tide is up, who's got an oar, you know? Who's who's got an oar to help us move to the next space, and who's just sitting on the boat? And uh, and we got to think of it both ways. I think. Absolutely. Nelson Tepfer is the CEO of ProCFO Partners, and he's the smartest guy in the room. And um, if 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 folks need to have a, a conversation about some of this stuff as they're listening or as they're watching Nelson, uh, what's your guidance? Do we just pick up the phone and call ProCFO Partners? Do we? Well, do that, we that's always my recommendation. That's yeah. always <laughs> that's always the first thing we do. But maybe one of the first things to do is if you're sitting there and you're acknowledging, I don't have this level of insight in the things I'm trying to do, and November is coming right up. Maybe it is time to, uh, I don't at least have a conversation. That's easy, right? Have a conversation, whether it's us or other advisors, peer groups we're all involved with, your leadership team. It's just don't hide from the conversations that need to happen. Thanks, Nelson. It's been so good to be with you again and always uh, get so much value from, from the time that we share. And I'm grateful for your expertise and for your generosity with it today. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. Visit ProCFOPartners.com and learn how we can help you build a framework for financial management and growth.